the Unwinds Podcast. We're on episode 16, and I can't really believe that it's been 16 episodes already. I don't know if you can tell, but I've really been enjoying all these um, interviews, you know, and they've been just an absolute blessing to um, talk with all these different people um, from life and their different backgrounds. And um, it's just been so awesome that all of this has happened in just, I mean, it's only February, and we've already had, um, you know, just in 2023, we've had... Um, we've had Ben, we've had Justin, and we've had, um, Antoine, and then, um, Friday, we're gonna have, uh, another interview with, um, an awesome pastor, and then this one that I'm talking about now is gonna be another pastor from the same church, and they're actually father and son, which you'll find out in this episode right here. Um, this was a really interesting conversation, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did, um, without further ado, I want to introduce you to the episode title, which it is called A Journey in Making Disciples with Pastor Josh. All right, welcome to the podcast, Pastor. How is it going? Just introduce yourself and then we'll jump right into questions. I'm doing great. My name is uh, Josh Foster and I am the Evangelism Discipleship Pastor here on staff at Northside Baptist Church. And um, so just thankful for what God's been doing in my life. Um, I've been serving here now. I'm going, I'm about to finish up my eighth year on staff here. I've been in ministry almost 10 years now. <laughs> wow. And so um, really cool to see how God's been working uh, in my life. Gave my life to Christ when I was six. Um, and then God called me into the ministry at the age of 15 and just tried to follow him in obedience every day. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I've heard you, um, I've heard you preach once because you were filling in for Pastor Ravi, and I mean, I was, you know, I saw like some. I was like, man, there's a lot of similarities. Here. <laughs> I, you know, I could really see. I was like, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, but and like I said uh, to you before, my mom helped me with some of these questions. So she was like, uh, one of the first ones she wanted me to ask was, you know, she added the, this part in there was, how cool was it growing up with Pastor Ravi being your dad? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, how how you know how was how was that? And obviously there there was a an influence, you know, with you um, being a pastor. But how you know how was that? You know, just him being your dad though. Yeah, so um, he took over his first church as senior pastor mm-hmm. right before I was born. In fact, um, he started October the 1st. I was born on October the 15th. And so I grew up all my life as a PK or a pastor's yeah. kid, you know. Yeah. And uh, I got to see a lot of the things from the pastor's kid perspective growing mm-hmm. up. And that's what I was raised in. But growing up, for me... I always kind of seemed that, or, or seemed to think that that was his job. That was what God right. called him to do. Personally, I, I wanted to be a professional golfer. That's what and I wanted to do. Well, hey, I mean, he still golfs though. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. And um, and I thought that that's how God could use my gifts, how He could use me to mm-hmm. do things. And um, it was on a mission trip to Mexico that God really started changing my life. Mm-hmm. And. I was in an orphanage where we were sleeping in the same rooms with the orphans. And I just remember that uh, it was almost as God was just saying, you know, I I want more from you on that Mm -hmm. than just to play golf for the rest of your life. (laughs) And that's where, obviously, seeing my dad being a pastor and all that good stuff, um, but God started placing that on my heart, too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I mean, you kind of already answered it, but, um, you know, the next one was, you know, how did you know, um, like that time, you know, when God called you to be a pastor, you kind of answered it, but like, I mean, if you want to go into more detail on that, you can, but I mean, you kind of answered it. it well, um, it was, it was interesting because I remember I, I came off that trip and it was just life changing. And, and I'll tell you this on that trip, um, it's just cool to see how God does different things. So prior to going on that trip, I had gone to India and Africa with my dad on a pastor's conference. I was a freshman in high school. And so going into these third world countries, into these different areas, it started changing me. Then that fall, our youth group went to Washington, D.C. on a mission trip. Awesome. And so uh, just started going on missions and stuff like that. And then that spring break came around and our youth group was going to Mexico and my youth pastor came up to me. He's like, Hey Josh, I see that your, your name's not on the list. What's going on? I told him, I said, well, Greg, you know, honestly, I I just got back from India and Africa. I just got back from Washington, DC. You know, I kind of feel like I've, I've kind of mission trip. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, or even maybe spent all my account right there. And he said, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you put your name on the list and pray and just take that leap of faith. Put your yes on the table. Yeah. And if God doesn't want you to go on this trip, then great. You did your part, and, and that's the door closing in your face. Or if God provides, maybe he has something bigger in store. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. That sounds like a deal. Yeah. Not even thinking about it. Well, then the next day, all my money came in for the trip. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to Mexico, yeah. you know, type of deal. And um, that's where God started working. And when I got back, I fought it for a, a minute. Yeah. Because like I said earlier, like that was what dad did. That's yeah. not what I want to do. And we were at a golf tournament. I was playing during the summer, one of the critical stages, my, my junior year of high school and playing golf and my shoulder popped out of place. Oh, Playing golf, of all things. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would think, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, swing in the back of baseball, <laughs> like, I don't know, something, but golf. Yeah. Exactly. And it was, I call it kind of my uh, Jonah moment mm-hmm. type of deal where yeah. God was getting my attention. And I realized at that moment that golf was just going to be an avenue to get me to this point. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking to mentors of mine, and I even talked to my dad just tell them, you know, I feel like God's calling me into ministry. Mm. And they were like, yeah, we already knew that. We're just <laughs> waiting for you to <laughs> get for it you to realize it. Yeah, That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're the now the missions and top pastor here at Northside. Like, how did that come to be? Like, I mean, obviously you've been on plenty of mission trips with your dad and everything, but how did that come to be, um, you know? So uh, with all the missions experience that I, I had growing up, mm-hmm. um, and, and missions has always been a, a vital part of our family, when I went to college, I was kind of stuck between, is God calling me into a pastoral role, or is he calling me to be a full-time missionary? Yeah. And so I would go for summers at a time, eight-week trips, six-week trips, four-week trips, overseas to do missions Mm -hmm. and every time it just felt like God kind of put a stop to that and so I graduated from Truett with a bachelor's degree of Christian studies with a concentration of missions just in case you know I had options there you could recover your bases there exactly and so uh, when 
Northside hired me. They hired me to do college admissions. Mm-hmm. And so missions was always kind of part of the deal, per se. Right. And um, was leading mission trips here, doing college ministry. And then right before COVID hit, or right as COVID hit, right in 2021, um, we made a switch so that I would take over and do uh, evangelism discipleship. So I I handle our missions, our evangelism around here as well. Mm -hmm. But also we we work on our life groups or Sunday school is what most churches know it as. That's what for people listening, our you know, Sunday school is life groups here at Northside, just for you know that you didn't know that. But yeah. Um, and you know, you bring up like the COVID and everything a lot, like the Lord seemed to like, he was really working through those years, like of COVID, like, you know, like a lot of this stuff, like I talked to other podcasters or like, that's when I, you know, came up with my podcast like, and he was really wanting me to do something like this. And, you know, he was, I think he was really working through that year to put mm-hmm. that through everybody to, you know, like show the light because I mean, we were also like, gosh, this is a terrible time. We're all stuck <laughs> in our house. Yeah, like, that's right. You know, so I really think he was, um, using that in, and a very interesting and a very interesting way that I couldn't even fathom to think of. Um, mm. But you know, now we're going to go into like uh, questions pertaining our youth, also just missions as well. Um, so, and I asked your dad this, and he had a and he um, had an interesting um, take on it. But um, when you look at you know our youth, do you? I mean, because if you look at our youth in Northside, you know, you see a lot of hope. But then for ones that don't come to church and everything, you might be like. Yeah, so you know, maybe it's about fifty-fifty. But in your like eyes, you know, do you what do you see? You know, like do you see hope? Do you like mm. you know what do you see there? Um, I think the best word I could use there is potential. Yeah, and uh, this is kind of going toward the mission side of that too. Is young people, especially youth and college students, for example, because of some flexibility. For example, they're off. All summer right, long. They yeah. have spring break. They have fall break. You have all these times where, you know, realistically, you do have a little more free time. And right. I know that's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, there are a ton of youth that work. But I think it's an open door. And we've also seen, uh, you can go and do research, and it's just, it's incredible to see how young people have just such a a huge um I guess play mm-hmm. in evangelism. If if students get on fire for God, if they really catch what God wants them to do, and they act in obedience, they can be some of the greatest evangelism people that we have. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but every great move of God that we've ever seen in the United States. So you, you think about all the great awakenings with like mm-hmm. Jonathan Edwards and them. Yeah. Every great move happened on a college campus. I didn't know that. No, I had no idea. And so, and that's part of the reason why is because students, they're together 24-7. Right. And and so it just starts spreading like wildfire. And so when I say potential, it's potential that if, if they'll catch... Those things, and if we can keep them from from going into the world and show them that there is a better life in Christ, mm. their life could be changed forever. But they could also change a generation oh, yeah. to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, who you know, who knows what the Lord's going to do with it? But um, I'm a part of the FCA leadership team at um, at Lowndes, and you know, we just were given the opportunity to use the big auditorium they just built. You know, if we were in the Ox Gym, you know, it was a nice place to be, but 
now we're in the big old auditorium, you know, and there's more seating in there. So, you know, I'm can't wait to see how the Lord's going to use that and maybe not just bring in youth in, but also teachers as well, you know, because there's plenty of teachers that probably would like to come in there and hear the word as well. So and I know that I think Jeff's actually going to be coming on one of the days. And, awesome. Um, he's doing worship and he's doing the word, so he's just doing it all. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think he's going to be coming in. I was, and I think we even, I, mean, I know he's a busy guy, but I think we even mentioned it to your dad. We were like, hey, you want to? You know, you want to you know come to our school at like seven thirty in the morning, and you know, um, uh, come up with a message for you know for our youth here. You know, I mean, honestly, like the first one that we had. I mean, I don't know if it was because of the free Chick Fil A, but hey, you know, something. It was a packed house. I mean, it was it was yeah. bigger than what we'd ever had, and even like uh, after that, I mean, all the both bleachers are filled. You know, that with, like the little bleachers, you know, that we have that mm-hmm. are set up. Both of them are, like, and there's people standing all the time. That's awesome. And it's just, you know, and I've said this on past episodes, too. I'm like, you know, especially, like, with just where I came from, you know, with the youth room in there. Like, I hear a lot of churches, they have, I'm not going to say, like, an issue, but, like, you know, they have trouble, like, attracting more youth and getting a big group of youth, you know, in, in their church. Northside really does not have that you know, I guess you could say problem. You know, they. I mean, there's tons of youth. Like Wednesday's dominated by the youth, mm. as you can see. You know, right. with um them coming over here and like, uh, and I've said like, imagine if you know, just because people they might have no hope in the youth. Some probably don't. Imagine if you stuck a camera in there just to show yeah. people. Hey, this you know this can happen. It, That's you right. know, it can happen just to show people in this world that like the youth are on fire for God. You just need to find us. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um. But um, as a teen in today's time, what advice would you give to me and others, you know, as we're, like, going through this crazy, crazy world yeah. that tries to throw so much in our face and just, uh, you know, just all the dangers that we face, you know, every day? Like, what would you say to all of us that as we're going through our daily lives? I would say that Charles Stanley had some great advice. Mm-hmm. He said, trust God and leave the consequences up to him. And when you really think about it, um, there's a couple of key elements I, I really believe that can help any person, but especially a young person, mm-hmm. as they are growing in their relationship with Christ. One of them is, is I would definitely say, if you don't have a quiet time, if you don't have a time where you are diving into the Word of God, then you need to, to start that because... Yeah. That is so impactful to my life, and it's something that I look forward to every day. It doesn't mean that every day I get as much as I did you <laughs> yeah, know, previously, exactly. yeah. but I read this week, and I thought it was a good— it doesn't matter where you start in Scripture. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what verse you go you to. just go to any part. Just go to it. Yeah. You know, read it. And it was, it was a good statement because they were talking about you wouldn't, as a human being, not eat or drink. You can't because you need that nourishment. Right. Well, spiritually, don't we think we need to be the same way? And here's the thing is what are you putting in your body? So, for example, if I go to McDonald's and I eat McDonald's for every single meal, eventually my arteries are going to clog up. I'm going to become obese and and I'm going to die a very early death. Right. And so what do I do? I, I pick the good things, the nutritious things, the helpful things. And so a lot of times what people do is spiritually, 
they're looking and for a, a certain part. Yeah, yeah. And you're almost, especially if you're going into the world, you're you're basically eating the fast food, and you're you're going to die an early death. Maybe not physically, but spiritually. spiritually. Yeah. Because you're not getting the nourishment that you need, and so. As a person who has that relationship with Christ, get into the Word of God. You know, if you don't know where to start, start in the book of John. Start in James. Read the book of James. Start in Proverbs. There's a Proverbs for every single day. Get into the Word of God. Learn how to pray, you know, and and really just sitting down and taking the time and actually praying to the the Lord. Not just, you know, hey, God, thanks for the day and that's it actually talking to him about your problems, about your issues, talking to him about, you know, the things that you're blessed with in life. In Matthew 6, he gives us the the Lord's Prayer. I, I like to call it the Disciples' Prayer because it was really straight toward them, right? Mm-hmm. This is how you pray. And there's some things there that, that helps with that. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul commands Timothy, hey, here's some things that you can pray about. And those are things that I think are critical. Be involved in church. And and especially for you today, and I, I hope they hear me on this, Jesus is not a choice among other choices. He is the only way. Right. And so a lot of times what we see in you today is that Jesus is only there when I want him to be there. Mm-hmm. If there's sports... If there's music, if there's parties, if there's drugs, if there's this, if there's that, then I'm going to choose those things over Jesus. And I can tell you, don't do that. Nope. Follow Jesus and then let let him, you know, let the consequences be on him and not on you. And, you know, I don't know if uh, Pastor Robbie told you this or got the chance to, but I've only, you know, I've been going to Northside for, it's coming up on a year. Wow. Like, it's, you know, like, that's crazy to think this it's coming up on a year. And, um, you know, my next interview actually was, like I said, is with Randy. And, um, you know, it's, he, uh, like, you know, he was the one that baptized me. I think I was the first one he baptized, yep. I believe. Yeah. And, um, you know, just like, I can, you know... I wouldn't be just sitting here talking to you right now if, you know, if it wasn't for that and just God transforming my life, like, Amen. and having that, you know, like, and I've said this to all the people that, you know, because I'm kind of in, like, a podcast group, if, you know, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. and, you know, they guide me in, like, in so many different, um, and they're, you know, all awesome and encouraging, just like you are and everybody else here is, um, but, you know, just, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, I wouldn't have, any, you know, any of that yeah. if, if it wasn't for, like, you know, on so it was April seventeenth when I got saved, and then I baptized a week later, and that was on Easter actually. I got saved on, and like I remember, people were just like, "You got saved on Easter." <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, I did. And then um, I just did a recent episode with somebody. They um, it was so funny. You know, their reactions were just really funny when I told them certain stuff, and I said, "Yeah, my mom got rededicated on the same day I was baptized," and they went. Hold up, we gonna back up to that one. We got, we gotta, we gotta go back into that deeper. And like, like you know, I still think about that. And I'm like, you know, partly she knew that she had to do it also, but right. And she didn't want me to go in it alone either, because you know, that was something totally new. And at that point, it had been going to Northside for like I don't know, three services. I'd like, you know, so I, I really, um, you know, so I didn't know, like I didn't know a ton. I was also excited, nervous, you know, whatever. But it was so awesome to for her for us both to get rededicated right. on that day too and i remember so many people they're like or you know kids my age you know they got baptized way earlier and all they're like yeah i don't really remember it but i'm like 
<laughs> I was and I was baptized now around now, so we have all the technology and mm. things, and we videoed it, and I had you know I have it. It's like would I ever forget it? Probably not, because it was you know it was absolutely awesome. But, yeah, that's good. Um, you know, just to have that, you know, and um, you know, my dad was there too. You know, he was back behind that, you know, back behind the wall. But um, and I remember us talking about it. Those. LEDs on the back. Yep. Oh my gosh! I was like, They're bright, I was blinded. I was like, Ooh. I remember like Randy stood in front of me for a minute. I was like, you can stand right there and stay there, please. You can stand right there for as long as you want, because it was they were bright. I mean, oh, um, and you know, I remember like I think yeah, my grandparents were there, and um, probably the most like impactful part of that was um, I had you know. My two friends, uh, Stephen and Baines, they were the ones that actually led me to Christ, wow. which, you know, was absolutely amazing. You know, and so they, you know, they often say like, "You were pretty, like, you know, honestly easy to, I guess you could say, persuade into it." You know, I know that some people you have to, you know, you have to work with them a little sure, bit more. Sure. Um, but for me, it was something I had wanted. But you know, my mom, like, it's funny. You know, when I was younger, she'd always say like, "You know, you can, uh, you know, I'll take you to church if you want." But I was, I was like six, so I was like. Mm. You know, and I never, I never grew up in church, so it, right. you know, but it's just funny how the Lord works. It's like you know, your sometimes He may not go through your parents; He may go through two friends of yours. And, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, but I think partly was that because, you know, this was a youth because it was Stephen actually, um, a youth. I was talking to him, and he was, I mean, he was so passionate. It was just like I'd never heard that because I mean, mm. you know, going to school and everything. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't hear that just on right. a daily basis, and so That's it was right. just, it was just something like so changing, and you know, just obviously meeting veins and everything and all that, like, and it all fell into place. Amen. Um, and also, I had some, you know, family that went to Northside beforehand, and we were able to get my grandma back after a little bit because she was afraid to of going by herself because sure. of medical stuff. Sure. And so, because since we were going, we were able to get her back to you know a little bit, and so like all this has just happened because, you know. Of just that one simple decision, like you know, and that's what I wish people would understand more. Like Amen. all that would happen just because of one decision that you that's make, right. you know, all this can happen, and that was in less than a year. Yeah, that's right. So just imagine what's going to be, you know, in the next ten years, what's going to happen. Yeah, that's good. You know, so you never know, you know, and um, but in terms of like, so what are the, I'm I think you've kind of hit on a little bit. What are the benefits you would say of going on mission trips? So missions is important for multiple purposes. Number one is because Christ commanded us to. Yeah. You know, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, and I will be with you even into the end of the age. And I love using Matthew twenty four fourteen because it says that this gospel of the kingdom of God shall be a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. And so uh, we also get a picture in Revelation chapter 9. Mm-hmm. Verse, or um, In Revelation, there's several places in Revelation 7 where from every tribe of every people group around the world will be representative, representatives at the throne of Jesus. And so first we do missions because we're acting in obedience mm-hmm. to Christ that is the number one thing he is our commander in chief he's commanded us to go and make disciples and that's why we do it number two there's lessons that get taught especially on short-term mission trips and on both sides too not hey, just to 
the people that you go and teach to, but to yourself. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and that's the crazy thing, because a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to leave, I'm going to go, I'm going to be a blessing to whatever people group we go to. And then you end up coming back and you, you feel like you were the one that was more blessed right. than them yeah. that went. Because when you hear all the time, it's like, you know, this mission trip really changed my life. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> did you change the person's life forever, you know, that you were going to? Like, you know. That's right. But, um, yeah, I hear that all the time, you know, like for the mission trips and everything. And I know that, you know, Northside, like, Obviously, we're all you know they're always wanting to have missions, but this year it seems we're they're really pushing missions this year, um, yeah. you know. But and I think we kind of hit on it, but you know, like in terms of like impact, you know, it can have obviously on you know going to have like so much impact on just everybody. It's a win-win right. for everybody. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, really, like, and plus I've heard stories of just like the people over you know that you go to. I mean, I'm, as an example, like Mexico. You know, I've heard they're like also happy to like see everybody. Yeah, you that's know? right. Because um, like, I guess is it because like, you know, we live differently, so it's like, or is it like, what would you say? Like, I would say it's actually because a lot of times they see a person once mm-hmm. and they never see that person again, and so it's like, okay, well, that was nice that they came, but they don't really care about me. Right. But when we keep showing up over and over and over again, right. it's like, oh wow, these people they are, really care. Yeah, they yeah. do. They yeah. really care. Uh, and and I would say, you know, kind of something that you were elaborating on, but I think it also catches a fire in people's heart, you know, not just for the nations, but also for around here. You would be surprised, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, of how many people that it was their first time that they actually really shared the gospel with somebody on mm-hmm. a mission trip. Or even better, it was the first time they had ever led anybody to Christ. And once they have that, they've kind of broken that glass ceiling, per se. They come back and they're like, oh, I want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, you they're know? like, come on. Let's do it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, man, this really changed you. I bet you they were probably nervous and all that. You know, there's so much going through your head. You know, like, I mean, also, you probably turn into Moses a little bit, you know. like That's right. Like, And I was kind of like this with the podcast, too. It was like... Oh, Lord. Like, you know, Lord, what are you thinking? Like, oh, boy. Like, I can't speak, but, you know. I'm doing it now, so that's you know, right. That's, and that's one thing I've heard, like, uh, and I think it, it's it is true, really. You know, the Lord gives you the words. I mean, yeah. you, you may you may not be like, what am I going to say? But trust me, He'll He'll give it to yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's you know, right. and I mean that that's just it's just true. He will give it to you. And um, I'm actually like, I'll be praying about it. I mean, if the mission trip still to Savannah, if that still happens, I was thinking about doing that one because I've been there to Savannah. And I will just say it that they need it. Yeah. They, they do need it. You know, because I went to, um, it was on a school trip a couple of years ago. We went to River Street and all that area. You know, there were some people that, um, you know, like they were running around the streets like drunk and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, they definitely, you know, they definitely need it. And, you know, I love how um, Northside kind of splits their, I don't, I don't want to say like time, but like, you know, they have mission trips in the U.S. and also overseas as well because, you know, the U.S. needs it. Yeah, and that's what we're passionate about, you know. Um, So you mentioned Savannah. The reason why we chose Savannah at one point was because it's the most unreached area in the state of Georgia right now. Really? So, you know, that was a huge for us. We wanted to take the gospel there. Mm -hmm. When it, uh, we go to Boston every year, and Boston ranks in the top three every single year of spiritually darkness in the United States. We go to Texas right at the border. And we're ministering oh, wow. uh, to people on both sides of the border. We're 
We go internationally because we feel that God's called us to take the gospel everywhere. Uh, the last thing I would say, too, is that there there's a step of faith that it takes. Mm-hmm. And that faith just continues to grow. Because it takes faith, for example, for someone who needs $3,000 to go on a mission trip. Exactly. Most people can't just pull three grand out of their bank. Right. You know, they need help. And, and they just watch God start providing, like I did on my, my Mexico mission trip. Right. God just provided. You, you see the faith that, that it takes that as you're going, as you're traveling, there's so much spiritual warfare that comes on. David mm-hmm. Platt, he said oh, it yeah. this way. He said that Satan is okay when our churches want to stay within our walls because there's nothing he can do to separate us from the kingdom of God. But it's when we start getting outside of our walls, that's when we start taking his territory. And so there's this spiritual battle there, too. Mm-hmm. And you watch as, as people are facing that, their faith just continues to increase. And it helps them to take that next step in their obedience to Oh, Christ. yeah. And you know, talking about like spiritual warfare, like, since I started this thing, I, you know, I can definitely feel, you know, because, but also I have to remember, too, like, because that's happening, you know, it's going to help somebody. Like, even if it's one person. That's right. Um, you know, and just the positive impact it's already had, you know, yeah. even if it's um, my mom being my, she's like my, she's like my uh, critic over here. Yeah, like, You sure. know, she listens to all of them, and she's like, you got to do this and that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. But, and it was so funny to me. She said, like, because she was like, you know, I'm your mom. You should let me listen to Pastor Robbie's, like, early. And I'm like, uh-uh. You're getting it just like everybody else. I'm, you know, so, like, and... She was wanting me to like play just like a minute of it or something or like, and I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. And she was like, come on. I'm like, I'm not doing it. That's You'll right. have to, you know, you got to, it's, it's only fair. You got to listen just like the rest of everybody else, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, really, I could really feel it, especially about this schedule and all these, um, you know, podcasts with all of, you know, all of you guys with these pastors, you know, the pastors, I was like, I could really feel it. it's like this week and everything. Mm. And these couple weeks I could, I was like, the Lord's really going to do something good with these then because yeah, I right. could really, you know, feel it. And this, it's usually like just thoughts in my head, like doubt and things like that, yeah. you know. And I had plenty of that going sure. in, going into this. I was like, it's a podcast. I've never sat down and tried to do something like this before. <laughs> like, you know, of course, I mean, my friends were like, well, you should definitely do it because you love to talk. And they're right. <laughs> but... You know, I was it was a nerve wracking things. I was like, Oh my gosh, what if I can't get people on? What sure. if people don't look at it or you know, stuff like like what if I get some like un a mean comments or something saying like mm. this is terrible, you know un- and unfortunately that has not ha- any none of that's happened. That's yet. awesome. Um and I do know that more than likely if it gets bigger, you know, if the Lord wants it to get bigger, there will be it, um a bigger target on my back, that's like right. I've heard, you know, and there will be. Um but Thankfully, I have people around me that oh, that are willing to help me through that. Amen. Um, you know, and that was one of the things that uh, your dad hit on, and it's so important, is, you know, like, having a group of friends around you, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm, it's like, that was a really big blessing. He said that was one thing he saw in the youth a lot. Yeah, that's right. Was that we just, like, you know, come around each other and just help each other and build each other up, which um, besides, you know, before I came to Northside, um, you know, besides Stephen and Baines, I didn't have no, you know, yeah. they were my only two, right. you know, so, and now, you know, I'm talking with kids that are younger than me, older mm-hmm. than me, like, it don't matter, you know, we're all just, like, talking to each other and supporting each other no matter what. Right. 
and they're probably some of the funniest kids too I've ever met. <laughs> like, um, you know, Ethan, um, uh, you know, Jim's uh, kid. He sticks to us like he sticks to the three of us like glue. That's awesome. Like it's it's so funny. Um, you know, he's kind of like our fourth guy, like our mini me. Yeah. You know, over here. But um, in terms of like you know just final thoughts or anything, do you uh, have anything like words of encouragement or anything like that? Yeah, I would just say, you know, definitely keep up the good work yeah. and keep on, you know, keep it on. Um, and always go to Philippians 3. And I would encourage this to anybody. Paul in Philippians 3, he says, not that I've already attained it. And he's talking about perfection. And he says, I'm not, I haven't attained perfection yet. And I think all of us fall into that category. We know that we make mistakes. We know right. that we mess up. But he says, every day I strive to the upward call of Christ Jesus in my life. And that word there for strive is an athlete who literally is is using every muscle they have to reach the finish line. And you want to reach the finish line because based upon how you ran your race would be how many crowns you received for that, especially uh, in the Roman times and, and so on and so forth. They would run these races and they were judged. They were judged on how they ran the race. They were judged on, uh, did they do it correctly? Did they run according to the rules? Uh, which Paul talks about that. You got to run according to the rules. Uh, they would judge them based upon the team aspect. Did mm -hmm. you drop the baton or did you carry it through. I'll never forget this. When we graduated from Truett, Dan Cathy, who I've, I think I heard he recently retired from Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A, Dan Cathy, yeah. he was our guest speaker that day. And he gave us all, and I used to have, I got it on my, my shelf right there. It's a, a silver baton. And he told us, he said, I want everybody to drop the baton at the same time. And so we're in this gym and it rings out forever. You got 120 something people dropping the baton at the same time. He said, that's what happens when a generation drops the baton. And so you were judged according to the rules of, did you pass the baton correctly to those who were behind you? Did you give them that, that they could run on? You were judged based upon, you know, the the way that you finished did you complete the race you've seen in the olympics sometimes even that there's people who they get injured but they want to finish that race finish yeah that's right and and so why do we want to finish the race because at the end of the day we want to hear well done my good and faithful servant but if you're going to hear well done you got to well do you can't yeah. you don't just you know get to sneak in you don't just get to do whatever you want to it's acting in obedience to christ and the more that I do that, I'm striving, as Paul says, to every day be more conformed into the image of Christ, to the upper calling that Christ has on my life, so that I can hear that. Because one day, and he talks about it in Philippians 3, one day we are going to be in his presence, those who are saved. And we're going to have to give an account for what we did with the salvation that he gave us. And we're going to be judged for that, just like those athletes were judged. And it says that the people who ran their race well will receive a crown of life. 
And the, the beauty of that picture is that a believer, we take that crown and we throw it back at Jesus's feet because he's the one that's worthy of all praise. We didn't do anything. It was only because of him. Right. But it also gives a, an essence that there are some people that when they go to throw their crown back, they won't throw anything but dust before the Lord. And could you imagine the God who saved you, the one who stepped down from his throne in heaven, left everything to die on the cross for your sins and my sins and resurrected from the grave to give you life, that the best you had to offer to him back was nothing but stubble and hay and dirt. It would be miserable. I just just didn't even, uh uh-uh. And so that's what I would encourage every believer Follow Christ. Let him be the Lord of your life. And if he's the Lord of your life, then you're not going to be able to tell him no. And you'll follow him no matter what. Daily, you'll pick up your cross and follow him. Uh, Jesus also tells his disciples in, in in the Gospels, he says, anyone who picks up the plow and turns back around is not worthy of the kingdom of God. So when we get ready, we keep our eyes on the prize. And the prize is Jesus Christ. That is our prize. So That was good. I couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> that was really good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, I and I know that I've mentioned it a few times, but uh just to close out, you know, we've got some something big coming up, you know, that your dad mentioned, um, doing the round table thing with yes. all four of you. I'm telling you. You know, the scheduling is going to be a little wacky because I don't know how we're going to yeah. do it. But I'm sure we will, I will make sure that happens because I'm looking forward to it. Um, but thank you so much for coming on, and I can't wait for this episode to come out. So. Amen. Thank yep. you. Mm-hmm.